0: Welcome to the Herd and Ten Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Fratinsky.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Herd and Ten Podcast. I'm joined by my co-host, Corbin Bryant. I'm Jake Fortinsky, And we have a special guest on at the beginning of this episode, That's Josh Reed, who is not only an Emmy Award winner, he's a sports director for CBS's WIVB. As you can see, he's got his mask on. He's flying home from the huge primetime matchup that the Bills had just last night. Of course, a devastating loss. But there's a lot of good things that we can take from this game. I want to start by getting your take on the game overall, Josh and how we should feel coming out of this game as whether you're an analyst or whether you're just simply a Buffalo Bills fan.
0: Yeah, I think the number one thing that I came away with was it, it, it's not going to be easy. And, and I know that the players and coaches would have told you that, you know, every week they try to tell us it's not going to be easy. I think we got a little spoiled during that four-game win streak and they way they were just steamrolling teams. Even the Chiefs, man, I mean, the, that me. To win, I think everybody came out of it and said, "Oh, ah, the coast is clear. We're just going to kind of cruise right into the AFC Championship game." And but I, you know, I think this was a little bit of a reality check. You know, I mean, the Titans proved that they're a formidable opponent. They, if the Bills have to see them again, they're going to be a tough out. You know, and it also, big picture, I look at them and go, "All right, that's a big physical team that likes to punch you in the mouth." then you start looking around the league. The Baltimore Ravens are another team like that. So you start looking at some of those okay, the the Chiefs play a much different style of football. So the Bills went out and built a, a roster to make sure they could get past the Chiefs. And hopefully the roster can still get them past guys like the Titans, like the Titans and the Ravens also.
2: Josh, I I I think the the world, and especially Bill's Mafia, they're they're looking for answers right now as to do you go for it, go for the touchdown in the late game situation, or do you go for the field goal on the road in the late game situation? What, what, What do you think Bill's Mafia should be thinking right now as far as the decision that Sean McDermott made to go for it at the end of the game?
0: I loved it. I'm a firm believer in, you know, if you're going to, it's prime time. Obviously the defense has struggled to stop the Titans. You go to overtime. There's nothing telling me that your defense is going to stop the Titans anyways. So I'm looking at that as, Hey, you put the ball in your best player's hands. Number 17, he's got to get one yard. And most of the time he's picked that up throughout his career. He said in the post game that, you know, he lost his footing a little bit. That looked like there was a little bit of indecision there. the 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 left side of the offensive line didn't get a good push off the ball. Um, they were able to get some pe- penetration there. I, I I love the call. I, to me, I look at that and go, "Look, you got to get one yard to win a ball game. That's what you do." I mean, the offense wasn't the issue last night. You know, to me, it defensively, it, you know, brought up some question marks. And like I said, you know, it, it, the the defense has been so good all season. Eventually, you're not going to go 17 games, you know, being the, playing the way that they did. You know, this isn't the '85 Bears. I mean, they, they're a good defense, but you know, they this one is on them, and they have owned it afterwards. Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, they owned it. So did Tremaine Evans. The first, week one was the Steelers' loss. That was on the offense. This one was on the defense.
1: And look, you can't win every game, like you said, unless you have a perfect team. And even in that, you're going to have games that don't go your way. The fortunate thing here is there is no other team with a Derrick Henry. And that's a big positive because there is clearly at least some sort of formula in how you beat the Bills' defense. And thankfully, there aren't a whole lot of teams that have a guy like Derrick Henry. And of course, the Ravens have a strong run game as well. But when we look at this defense, I do have one big concern here. And I'm curious if if this is a concern for you as well. We look at a guy like Levi Wallace. Levi Wallace appears to be kind of a gaping hole on the defense, particularly in this game where he was placed in quite a few man-to-man situations. And he was forced to make some big plays. And he just didn't come up big. Now, he's had some good games. He's had some bad games. Do we need to be concerned at all that teams are going to look at this and say, hey, if we can really settle down and get a good run game going, we can take advantage and really pretty much carve up Levi Wallace across the middle of the field.
0: Yeah, you know, you, you bring up a good point. There aren't many Derrick Henrys. I, I would argue there's not many A.J. Browns in the NFL either. And I mean, he's a tough matchup. Um it, it, yeah, you're right. Levi Wallace struggled last night. I mean, I, I think he'd be the first to admit that. Um, I would also say, look, you're not going to have 11 Pro Bowlers on that on either side of the ball. It's just that's not what that's not what this league. That's not the way it's built. It doesn't happen. No, it's not every team's going to have some spots. Luckily, the Bills don't have many that are, might be just a little bit a little bit down from some of the other ones. Levi Wallace, I know a lot of people look at him as being that guy. He's been up and down. I think Overall, he's been pretty good. (laughs) A.J. Brown is a tough matchup. Um, I'm wondering if at all, and uh, we're going to get to hear from Sean later on, um, and then obviously we head to the bye week, so we won't hear from him. I'm wondering if Sean at all thought about kind of going and moving Trey around a little bit to, to, to shadow AJ. That wasn't something that we were able to get to, you know, in the, um, in the post game, because everybody was so, so focused on that fourth and one play. Um, but I'm kind of curious to hear what he would say about that. Um, AJ was a nightmare matchup. I mean, it, and that's all linked to Derrick Henry. It just, they, they run that play action. They run it so well. And, You have to respect Derrick Henry so much. You have to cheat a little bit, and they run that play action, and then they get AJ Brown in behind, in behind the backers. It's just a, it's a tough cover.
2: Yeah, I would, I would continue to roll on with that to say that when you do what the Bills did last night. For the majority of the night, they had to play eight in the box. They tried to disguise it a little bit, keep the safeties deep to run them up later. But when you're in those situations, you're going to be in man-to-man coverage on the outside. So you're, you're definitely right, Josh. You have to be able to stop the run in order to get to situations, which, which we'll into a coverage situation, which will roll into my next question for you. On the offensive side of the ball, the Bills have been having a little bit of trouble scoring touchdowns in the red zone.
1: Like we two
2: for five last night, in which we could have it could have been 14 to seven instead of seven to six in the beginning of the game. What did you see in our red zone situations to where we could make some
0: changes moving forward during the season? Yeah, you know, this has been an ongoing problem. It it just has. It's been a, and it's been an issue this year. And it goes back to last year. They've had problems once they get inside the 20-yard line. I mean, how many times have we seen Tyler Bass kicking 26-yard field goals, 30-yard field goals? Well, that's because they're inside the red zone and couldn't couldn't cap off that drive. I'll tell you what really hurts. We just found out that Dawson Knox has a fractured hand. We don't know how much time he's gonna miss. That, that hurts because he's such a good weapon and such a big target down in the red zone. So obviously that's going to be something we don't like, we don't know the timeline. Sean said he wasn't sure when he'll be back. We don't know how much time he'll miss. But if he does miss any significant amount of time, that's been kind of Josh's, you know, he's a big, like I said, he's a big target. That's a guy Josh can feel comfortable throwing the ball to down, down in that red area because, you know, Cole Beasley is a great matchup when you can get him in space and everything, but you know how this is. You get down inside the 10-yard line, things get bunched up. Things are a lot closer, a lot tighter. There's not as much room to maneuver and operate. That's so a little tougher. Stephon Diggs, you know, isn't exactly, you know, a big physical wide receiver. So they're going to don't miss Dawson Knox. They, they have to fix the red zone. And, and even to, to kind of expand on a little bit, defensively, you know, they, they were 0 for 3 at stopping the Titans in the red zone. And there's your difference in the game. Two for five versus three for three. There it is.
1: Definitely. And look, there's another guy who may get an opportunity here, and that's Gabe Davis, because we know that he's, or at least he was a great red zone target last season. I'm hopeful that he's still going to explode this season. We haven't quite seen it yet, partly because of the emergence of Emmanuel Sanders. He's looked unbelievable, whether it's in man or in zone. But it's true. It's a little concerning with Dawson Knox being out. We don't know how long he's going to be out. Obviously, he's exploded this year as well. He's been significantly better this year than what we had seen last season. It also comes down to the run game and Josh Allen's running because as we would like, he is running less and less. However, I'm finding we're having a little less success with him running because if we look at what we were doing last season in the red zone, so many of our touchdowns, came off of a Josh Allen sneak, and it wasn't a read. It was just simply Hut, and he runs right in. We haven't had that same success, and we kind of lost at the end of the game on that. I mean, yes, it was a scramble. He didn't get the first down there. He goes on fourth down, slips, or like you you mentioned, Josh, maybe some hesitation there. Doesn't quite get the push from his line, and we, of course, lose the game. But I'm hopeful that we have a guy like Gabriel Davis who can really step up and become what we need, which is that big red zone wide receiver target, because we really don't have that. I love Stefan Diggs. I love Cole Beasley. I love Emmanuel Sanders. But none of those guys are big bruising bodies that can go up and get a ball. Am I right?
0: Yeah, no, I agree with that. Gabe Davis is another big target. Um, had a lot of success in it. I mean, you, you look, last year, I don't know the numbers right off the top of my head. He had 30 catches, maybe, seven touchdowns. I mean, that tells me when he was catching the ball, it was counting for six points. Um, you know, I, I want to go back to a point that you, you made a little bit there about Josh Allen and his ability to make plays with his legs. We haven't seen that quite as much this year. i tell you what, one of my favorite plays from yesterday's game was he rolls right and he put a defensive back in a sit. This was the this was the Cole Beasley touchdown. He put the defensive back in a situation It was so awesome because the DB started floating back. He was in coverage. He was going back with Cole, and he had to make a decision. Oh, Josh has got a lot of room to run. So he starts to commit to come off and try to tackle Josh. And then Cole Beasley is just wide open. That shows you the threat that Josh brings. He puts puts defenders in just a, a situation where they have to make a decision and in that sense, in that instance, you know, Cole Beasley ends up wide open for a touchdown. Uh, when
2: you look at what the Titans have on the offensive line, they lost their left tackle, Taylor Luan. And we know that the Titans are a, a running team, but the Titans offensive line has really struggled this year. But we didn't get a chance to get Ryan Tannehill on the ground. And as a former defensive wow. lineman, i okay. I was, yeah. I was not, I was not happy about that. I will say that I was, you know, save our listeners. I, I would, you know, not say the words that I really want to say, but I wasn't <laughs> happy about that. But what can the Buffalo Bills D-line do to, to create more pressure and kick these quarterbacks on the ground?
0: Yeah, I, I was, you know, we do a pregame show and I was just, I, I was dead set on the, the idea that the Bills were going to be able to get to Ryan Tannehill. He, He'd been sacked 20 times in 5 games. That was the most in the NFL. Thinking they're going to dial up pressure. We've seen Leslie and Sean do it all year. When it's game plan specific and he find they find a weakness, they exploit it. They didn't do it. They weren't able to do it. They weren't they, they were able to get around them a little bit but never like finish the job. And and that's definitely something that I'm sure they're going to spend the bye week looking at and trying to figure out, okay, how can we get more just consistency on that pass rush because look at the end of the day i think they i'm pretty sure they came in with 14 sacks on the season which i think was fifth most in the nfl so it's not like they haven't done it all season but man in a game in prime time when you're a when you're a d lineman those lights are on man you want to be finishing some sacks you want to be able to stand up you want to be able to celebrate and they just were not able to get they were not able to get to, to um to Ryan Tannehill, and I don't know if that had, if any of it had to do with not wanting to overcommit and, and be worried about, you know, making sure you play your run fits a little bit, making sure that you you don't get beat by Derek Henry, and you kind of make sure that Tannehill has the ball, right? And maybe you're a little hesitant and make sure that okay, Henry doesn't have it. Now we go. So I don't, maybe that has a little something to do with it, but I'm with you. I, I thought they were going to be able to get to Tannehill a little bit last night and they just didn't do it.
1: Yeah. Look, when we look at this game, obviously losing to the Tennessee Titans 34 to 31 is just not what most of us expected. I think most people expected that we would win this game and that we would maybe even win it handedly. You know, Derrick Henry came out. He, although I talked about this with Corbin earlier and Corbin brought up, is that, He only had a few really big runs. The statistics don't necessarily show you what really happened. The Bills defense didn't do a terrible job containing him, but there were about three plays where they lost containment and he just went to town on them. And that's really the story of this game. It seems like the Bills had so many opportunities to win this game. They were so close so many times, and they just missed it by a little bit, by a few inches just getting that first down at the uh, converting on the fourth down at the end. Of course they don't do it. You know, a couple plays where they they had some holds where maybe they should have been a little more disciplined, but I think that's the story of this game. And I don't want people listening to get, you know, ahead of ourselves. The bills are a great team. The bills are going to continue to be a great team. But there's certainly some concerns. We shouldn't be walking around like we're going to blow out every team because it's not going to happen every week. You're going to have some tough challenges. I'm excited that we have the bye week. Although it's frustrating and sad to have this two weeks off, I think it's a good reset for the Bills going into the next half of even more than half of the season. Specifically, when we look at some of the teams they're going to be playing, I think there's some great opportunities there for them to go on a nice stretch here and collect a few W's, and as Josh Allen likes to say, stack the W's. So, Josh, I wanna thank you so much for coming on. Don't wanna to take too much of your time. I know you got a flight to come back home, but uh, thank you so much for coming on. And we come right back after this break. Corbin and I are gonna be looking at a midseason review and see where do the Buffalo Bills go from here. So, Josh, thank you so much, and go Bills.
0: Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks, Josh.
1: Welcome back to the Herd and 10 podcast. I'm here still with my buddy, Corbin Bryant. Corbin, we're at the mid-season. We'll call it mid-season because this is the Bills bye week now. This is a chance for them to reset. They had a pretty good first six games. Sure, they lost to the Steelers. Sure, they had this heartbreak loss against the Tennessee Titans. But as you just mentioned, It was not a bad game. The Bills did tons of great things. Josh Allen went 35 for 47 for 353 yards, three touchdowns, only one interception, which was not entirely his fault. And the Bills really didn't look bad. And the Bills are still a great team here. Where are we at right now? What do we need to look forward to? Because they got some easy games coming up, right?
2: Correct. If there's one thing Bills fans should not be doing right now, Jake, is panicking. The Bills overall looked good through the first six games. You know, the Pittsburgh game, eh, okay, that's first game of the season, whatever. Then we go on a roll. The Bills are stacking victories, beat the Kansas City Chiefs, who I believe is going to be there at the end of the season. And then you roll in two a one-of-a-kind a one team that you'll never see again, maybe until the playoffs. There's only one team in this league that can run the ball like the Tennessee Titans. And, and, I mean, they, I mean, they—I should say they are the only team that can run the ball like that. So the Bills right now are in a good spot. They get to go and they get to take a rest. They get to take a break. The, the coaches get to break down the film and really get to see what they need to work on for the second half of the season. And the Bills, like you said, they have the Jets, they have the Jaguars, they have the Patriots. It should be a a little, it should be an easy stretch. Not that the Bills should be sitting back saying, okay, we're just going to roll over these teams. They have to take it one game at a time and continue to build momentum and stack victories. But I would say the Bills are in a good spot right now. They're playing well on offense for the most part. Defense is still tops in the league. Special teams, they have to continue to limit the penalties. But overall, the Bills, I would still say they're in top five, definitely in the league.
1: And, Corbin, you'll be able to talk to this as well. You never want to be too high, and you never want to be too low. The Bills maybe were flying a little too high coming into this game after being in the Kansas City Chiefs in Sunday night in a great showdown and a great effort from the Bills – they stomp the Chiefs. They come in. They lose to the Titans. It was an emotional loss because this was part of the Bills' revenge, right? They lost to the Chiefs last year. They go and beat them. They lost to the Titans last year. They go in with the hopes of beating them. Of course, they lose a, quite a devastating loss in just the way they had lost and the way that they could have won this game. So it's emotional. I think this is a chance for the Bills to now take a week to relax a little. I keep saying reset because I feel like a guy like Josh Allen, who, yes, he comes across in front of the media extremely professional. He's always got the right answers. But you better believe he's an emotional guy. I've seen him on the field enough to know he wants to win in every single aspect of the game. And just like the coaching staff want to, and just like all the players follow him want to. So I think this is a chance for them to all take a breath. Cause I think that they were very emotional after the game. If you heard some of the players speak after the game, it was an extremely emotional loss and the bills are going to bounce back from this. But like you mentioned, they're taking on the dolphins, the Jaguars, the jets, the Colts, the saints, the Patriots, and then December 12th, they take on the Buccaneers. There is an argument to be made that they can go and get quite a few wins, potentially six wins here and maybe one loss if they lose to the Buccaneers. So there's a chance for the Bills to really go on a run here and basically eliminate any of these questions that we might have about what they did wrong against the Titans. I also like that you mentioned there's not many teams that have Derrick Henry. In fact, there's no other team. And yes, there's going to be other good opponents that we go up against, but This is an opportunity for them to really dig deep and look at every single aspect of the team and how they can improve it. I want to talk specifically about special teams. I have been very impressed. I think special teams has been really good. Yes. They had a couple hiccups last night. Of course we have the Andre Smith hold on the potential 101 yard return from Isaiah McKenzie, but The special teams has looked really consistent. I like what Matt Hawk has done as the punter. I like what we've done in the return game. I like what we've done with regards to field goals. Obviously, Bass has been great. Do you think there's any improvements on the special teams that could be done that could maybe make a difference? Because in some of these nail-biter games, you're going to need something a little extra to take you over the top.
2: I, I I think our special teams, it's pretty solid. Like you said, our, our kicker is fantastic, fantastic. He doesn't miss. We got guys like Saran Neal running down on, as, as a gunner, running down on kickoff, knocking, knocking guys out. Like our coverage units have been absolutely outstanding. And those are the things you need, especially on, on punts. Kickoffs, okay, we're kicking it out of the end zone every time. It's fine. But on our punt units, especially like when we're punting from our own, own area, it makes it tough on on our gunners at times to get guys on the ground, especially guys that are very dynamic back there. But we've been getting guys on the ground. We've been able to have great field position, have great starting field position for our defense as well. And our, our special teams have been performing up to par. And that's something that needs to continue to happen, although I would prefer that the Bills score touchdowns in the red zone and I would prefer that we not have penalties on kickoff so we can score more because Isaiah McKenzie is absolutely fantastic I believe he's a pro bowl candidate so as long as we continue to clean up those small things I think the bills the bills will be fine from a special team standpoint
1: yeah at this point it's it's a lot of those small things and that brings us to the offensive line because the offensive line I think is actually being pretty good so far through six weeks. I've been pretty impressed. Now they've had to shake things up. They moved some things around. They got rid of my buddy who I always bring up. Gotta bring him up, Cody Ford. I did say it a few weeks ago. I had concerns about him. And I think his days as a Buffalo Bills starting offensive lineman are over. That guy is a hard worker. I think he busts his ass every day, but unfortunately, he just doesn't quite have the skill set to be an NFL lineman, at least at this point in his career. And that's because of two things. One, he might not be quite good enough. And two, the Bills have quite a bit of good talent on the offensive line. And there's some talent there that we didn't realize how good it could be. And that's in Spencer Brown. I want to spend a little time here because. Spencer Brown has looked really, really good, except for last night. Last night, he had a few big mistakes. Now, it's prime time. It's a scary game. The Titans, you know, I heard this last night. When you back up someone, when you back up a mouse into a corner, they're going to jump and attack. And I think that's what happened last night. And we haven't really dove into this yet, but the Titans were backed up. There were a lot of question marks. Are they good? Are they even a playoff team? And they came out last night and they attacked. They played with real aggression. Josh Reed talked about it earlier in the show. They played with a ton of extracurricular. There was a lot of that going on. A lot of rough and tough stuff going on. They really took it to the bills. They they punched the bills right in the mouth. And it started with the Bills' offensive line. They got beat down. They didn't have a great game. Now, outside of that game, I thought the Bills' offensive line has looked really, really good. And I don't really have any concerns. Are you feeling the same way? Do you think there's some things we need to be working on? Obviously, Deion Dawkins seems to still be having a little trouble coming off of having COVID-19. He maybe doesn't look like quite the guy last season. Um, I'm I'm curious to get your take on that, Jake. I,
2: there there are a few concerns and a couple of things that I saw last night. Obviously, you just mentioned Spencer Brown just getting run around and causing Josh Allen to get a get a uh, an interception. Like that's those type of things are are just unacceptable. But Again, he's a rookie. He's learning. He's, he's played very few games on the road. So he's a guy that will learn from that. Another thing that I, I did not like from the inside, now granted the Titans have some great interior play players in, including Jeffrey Simmons who is just a monster. He's the guy that made the play on Josh Allen on the, on the last play of the game last night. He's running through there. They're running uh, Tom Stunts or Tango Stunts which is a, um, a penetration stunt between the two tackles and Mitch Morse is getting getting pushed out of the way and they're getting up in Josh Allen's face. So that is a, a little bit of a, a concern to me. The the Bills offensive line definitely needs to just, just firm it up a little bit. Like Josh Allen, for, for the most part this year, like you said, he's been good. He's been comfortable in the pocket. But after what teams watch after last night they know like okay yeah yeah we can run we can run a tango we can run a tomstone, or we could we could run around this guy like it's a copycat league. like people are going to do what the titans did on defense until the bills prove that they can that they can stop it the, the biggest thing that the titans tried to do last night is to keep josh allen in the pocket obviously he got out a few times especially on the on the deep touchdown to beasley but other than that, the Titans did a really good job of keeping Josh Allen in the pocket. And when you can get that push and you can keep him in the pocket, Josh Allen's going to have to make a lot, of, a lot more tougher throws. So again, the Bills offensive line is going to have to firm it up a little bit, get a little, get a little tougher in their blocks, watch the stunts, and hopefully they can keep Josh Allen clean for the rest of the year.
1: And I would like to see something from Josh Allen here because he's obviously looked really good for the most part. He looks like he's once again an MVP caliber quarterback, but there are some times where he's a little too quick to roll out. And don't get me wrong. I love when he's on the run and he chucks it 40, 50 yards down the field and Beasley's wide open in the end zone. Josh Allen's an amazing player and he's always going to make things happen. And you're going to live and die a little bit with Josh Allen's wildness with his ability to just sling the ball and run around and make plays when other quarterbacks would normally go down or not make plays or throw the ball away. But there are some times where he seems a little too excited to instantly step out to the right, roll out and try to make a play versus stepping up in the pocket. I personally, I haven't seen that type of development yet from Josh. Josh has developed in so many ways He's gone from being a pretty bad rookie to being one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And that's because he's doing so many things right. His accuracy has gotten better. His ability to understand defenses has gotten better. His ability to not instantly run and actually make a throw, whether it's on the run or not. But he still doesn't step up in the pocket quite as much as I think I would like to see a guy who's going to take that next step forward. Cause that to me is really the only thing left for him to do. Because at this point, if he's near the top of the league, there's not a whole lot of changes he can make now going down this stretch, going down this next 11 games. But I do think staying in the pocket a little more looking to just step forward in the pocket, I think will help. And I think that connects exactly with what you're saying, because if the offensive line can shore up a little bit, And not let free runners in, particularly up the middle. You, as a defensive tackle, probably loved when offensive linemen and guards and centers let you come free running up the middle. But if you can stop that up the middle, I feel like Josh Allen at six foot five could step up in the pocket and make some incredible plays and probably give us that extra little bit to win games like this where we lose by a field goal because. This is going to make and break or make or break the team. These games come down to a field goal. And you better believe if we make the playoffs, we're going to have some tight battles. We're not going to be beating teams by 20, 30 points. You're going to have really tight games and you're going to need Josh to come up big and you're going to need him to use his feet in the pocket rather than rolling out of the pocket I want to get your take on something different, though, here. And that jumps to the defensive side. Epinesa was a healthy scratch last night. And I was just mind-boggled by that. I didn't understand it before the game. And now looking back at the game, I want to talk about this because this is something that I think is going to be an issue all season long, which is the Bills just have too many defensive linemen. They have so many talented players back there, not only young players, but also veterans. And they're in a situation where they're having to scratch good players that could make us better. And in my opinion, Epinesa has probably been our second best or third best lineman. Why do you think Epinesa was maybe not playing this week? Is it because of the game plan? Are we going to see this more down the road or based on the fact that we struggled to get to Tannehill, should a guy with Epinesa's speed and strength now be playing the rest of the season?
2: You really have to ask yourself a question. Is he he playing better than Jerry Hughes? No. Is he playing better than Russo? No. Is he particularly playing better than than Mario Addison? Not really. I mean, what the, the coaching staff is looking at in these decisions and what the, when they put together the forty-six man roster before the games begin, particularly they put together this roster before Wednesday's practice to continue to, to continue to get the the scripts ready so they can prepare for a game. I would say that Epinesa probably hasn't been playing as well as 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 we had hoped. The um, the Bills defensive line, like you said, is very strong. They have a very strong interior, and they have guys right now that are competing on the outside. And when you're competing with guys that the guy that I just stated, it's really hard to get in that rotation. So when you look at the game plan in which the bills were probably going to be particularly stopping the run, I would say 60 to 70% of the time you want to roll with your big guns. You want to roll with the guys that have experience. You obviously want to roll with the rookie Rousseau, who has been playing extremely well except for that one play in which he should have gotten off the block. He could have helped Jordan Poyer on that long 76 yard run. We can, we can talk about that a little bit later, but you have to right now at this point in the season, you have to go with the guys that have been the most productive. Um, So we'll see what coming out of the bye week if Epinesta gets back into the rotation, but. Right now, the Bills' defensive line and and defensive line coach Eric Washington is going with the guys that are being the most productive.
1: Yeah, look, uh, in the end, what we need is, like you talked about, production. And whoever's whoever's producing in that week is going to play. And Epinesa, I mean, I thought he's looked good. I know what you mean. He maybe hasn't been quite as productive as some of these other guys – particularly when we're looking at shutting down the run, this was a unique situation. Um, my hope is that he's going to get in because at least in the preseason, we saw a lot. And in the season so far, you're right. There's only been flashes probably from Epinesa and he's looked like he could break out, but he hasn't quite broken out. Specifically when you compare him to a guy like Rousseau, because that's really who may be, fighting for that roster spot with him. And of course, next season is a different story. You're going to have a lot of these veterans probably moving on or maybe even retiring. And Epinesa is going to get a load of opportunities. But when we look right now, the Bills defensive line has looked infinitely better. And I think that they're one of the best in the league. And they are one of the main reasons why I am just so damn confident in the Bills moving through the next 11 games. When I look at these 11 games, I truthfully only see one or two potential losses. I see the Buccaneers as a potential loss. And some people might be shocked when I say this, but I think the Bills could lose to the Colts. I think the Colts have a lot of what Tennessee brings. They have a great running game and they have a very solid quarterback and they're a very hard hitting and tough team. And I look at that, and if the Bills only lose two more games, I would be thrilled. I think that's a great season for the Bills. I think there's nothing wrong with that. I want to get your take. Do you look at this schedule very similarly? Because it looks really weak to me moving forward.
2: Like we, like we speak about every week, Jake, especially when we were talking about the text, you have to show up. Every week, this is the National Football League. These guys are, gonna, are trying to go out here and they're trying to get a paycheck. So to say the Bills are just going to go out here and just run over teams, I mean, that's asinine. That's, that's crazy. Like the Bills are going to have to prepare just as hard as they did for the Chiefs, for the Jaguars, the Jets, for the Patriots. Twice the Patriots have, have been showing that they are have a very solid defense. And with a solid defense, Bill Belichick can figure out ways to beat you. Obviously, we know what Tampa Bay brings to the table. I mean, they have all 22 starters back from last season. So the Bills are going to have to take this, this, the rest of the season one week at a time. We can't look too far down the line. We have, we're going to have to go to the Jaguars. We're going to have to go and play the Saints and go have to play the rest of these guys one week at a time because every game presents a different challenge. When we look back, Again, at the game yesterday, it's just a different challenge. Like, you're, you're never going to play a team like Tennessee again. Like, they, they they, are, whoever's playing Tennessee during the season, they're just getting a different type of style. I would compare it to teams getting prepared to play Army or Air Force. Like, those those type of things. You have to put a lot of things that you do well and throw them out the window so you can get ready to stop this boulder that's rolling downhill, and it's the same thing for every team in the league. Every team in the league presents different challenges. Trevor Lawrence is playing a lot better than he did than in, in the beginning of the season. They finally won a the game. They may have some momentum. A lot of the a lot of these young quarterbacks, like um, like what's the, the quarterback's name from the Jets, the rookie, the, the rookie kid? Yeah,
1: Zach Wilson. See.
2: Yeah, Zach Wilson. He's been playing a lot better. So to say that the Bills can just roll through this thing. And I believe that they can. Don't get me wrong. But we have to take it one game at a time. Because the one thing that we do want to make sure that we lock up is the number one seed in the AFC. So teams are going to have to come to Highmark Stadium throughout the playoffs in the cold and the snow. And they're going to have to come through us to go to the Super Bowl. So that should be our next goal this season.
1: Yeah, it's, it's it's a big thing. That, that number one seed is really what we're going for. And you better believe losing to the Titans can risk that. We're going to be fighting with them. We're going to be fighting with the Chiefs. Maybe the Chargers are going to be on the thick of it. We don't know yet. But it's true. I like that you talk about that. It's a week-to-week league. And are the Bills the better team in most of these matchups? Yes, but that doesn't mean you're going to win. The Bills were the better team going into the matchup last night. And of course, we know what happened. The Bills lost. The Bills were also the better team against the Pittsburgh Steelers in week one. And they lost. So this idea that the Bills are going to, like I said, roll over teams is not the case. I think the Bills are going to win these games. I'm hopeful they're going to win these games. But it's true. There's a lot of these games where you could be surprised you could come against the Jets who yes, are not a good team, but if Zach Wilson has a hot day, you can lose Jacksonville. Same thing with Trevor Lawrence. Some of these rookie quarterbacks, they're going to get better as the season goes on. We we know that's going to happen. We just don't know how much better. We know that because we look at Josh Allen, Josh Allen got better in his rookie season as the season went on, but he never became good enough to be a legitimate threat to other teams. So We're going to have to see what's going to happen moving forward. But I think that at this point in time, Bills fans should be excited. They should be thrilled that the Bills are four and two. You always want more, but being above 500 is the key and being the leader of the division is the key. I want to close out this episode by talking about one last position and that's the running back position because we have had like so many positions A little bit of a roller coaster because we came in thinking Singletary was going to be the starter. And I think we've come out now entering the bye with Zach Moss as our starter. At the very least, he should be the clear-cut starter. I have not been pleased with Singletary's play. He's had a few good rushes every single game, but he's struggling with consistency. And we seem to be getting consistency from Zach Moss. At the very least, every run, he's putting in a good effort. He's generally gaining a few yards, and he's getting those yards after contact that Singletary only seems to get about once or twice a game. I want to get your take on what the Bills need to be doing moving forward, looking at this run game, because we know they're a pass 1st offense We know they're not going to be running a lot. But when they are running, it's getting a little frustrating, at least for me, seeing the Bills continue to give Devin Singletary opportunity after opportunity. And I just don't think he's proven that he can be the starter. And not only that, I think Zach Moss is proving that he deserves it. He has looked really good. He's looked a lot better than I expected he would.
2: Yeah, Jake, um, unfortunately, the, the Bills are, a, are just not – run the ball particularly well unless Josh Allen is running the ball let's just let's just be honest but what Zach Moss gives us he gives us a complete back he's a guy that he can run it up the middle if you need him to you can toss it to him you can throw it to him he'll catch the ball he'll get the extra yards like he's the guy that seems like he's going to be the the bell call the bell cow from here on out Devin Singletary, he's a, he's a screen guy. He's, he's not a guy that's gonna, he's not gonna run it up in there. He's not gonna get the two, two, three extra yards that you need after contact. So right now, but the bills are, we're at a point where we're figuring it out. We don't have the feature back. That other teams do have We're We're like, okay, like if you're tired. Okay, Devin Singletary, you you go in if 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 you're tired, Zach Moss, you, you go in because these guys I think last night they both had maybe 20 yards rush. Because that's just not what the bills do with well, the bills are running the ball to keep defenses honest right now to be to be quite honest with you. Like, we're like, okay, that Brian Day was like, okay, let's run a zone to the right just to make sure that they're covering the run so we can, you know, do what we do, just to make sure that we're, they're, they're bringing the safeties down so we can throw it deep. So, at this point in the season, to say that we're searching for a back, I don't think we're searching for a back. We have our offense. We're pass-first offense. We're, we're, not, we're not going to be like, okay, let's change it up after the bye week. And then let's just start running the ball up the middle. That's just not our recipe for victory. So right now, I'm, I'm going with Moss. If I'm, if I'm the running backs coach, and if I'm Sean McDermott, I'm going with Moss right now. Not to say that Devin Singletary is not going to give us anything. But right now, I want to go with the more consistent guy.
1: Definitely. I, I just think, you know, through and through, and I like that you talk about, it's more than just the running. It's also the aspect that he can do it all. He can catch out of the backfield. He can gain some yards. He can also take a toss and take it to the outside, but he can also cut you right down the middle. And although he's not Derek Henry, and I'm not about to go on a rant and say he is, but there are some similarities in his ability to run up the middle and bulldoze some guys. And it's nice to have that with a pass first offense because We don't need a blazing speed running back. There's a reason that Singletary isn't getting tons of opportunities to run outside. We need a running back who can run up the middle and bruise some bodies. And Zach Moss can certainly do it. And he looks like he can do it pretty well. So I have been impressed. I've been surprised with how good Moss has looked. I think that that's what the listeners should take from this entire review. I think what they need to take from this is the bills are in a great spot. The bills have obviously an amazing quarterback, an amazing passing offense. They have some improvements to be made on the offensive line, some improvements, hopefully from the defensive line more with the heart and the grind and the consistent pressure aspect. And they have a run game that, is showing some light that there's something there that if we're in a playoff game and we're in a really tough game, I do believe that Moss can get us a yard or two. And that to me is really reassuring. And it's something that the Bills did not have last season. And it's part of the reason why they struggled in the playoffs because they weren't able to run at all. They weren't able to rely on a running back at all. And I think at this point we can rely a little bit on Zach Moss. So we're going to wrap this up. We really appreciate you sticking around for so long. This was a nice long episode. So I hope you all appreciate that. And Corbin, we will be on next week and we'll be talking about an upcoming Buffalo bills, game or yep. And the bills got an exciting battle coming because they're playing a divisional rival in the dolphins who are reeling big time. And I'm hopeful that the Bills are going to come in and bruise some bodies and win a big, big game. So thanks a lot. And Corbin, go Bills.
2: Go Bills, Jake.